This episode is brought to you by Bond Charge, who were formerly known as Blue Blocks. They are the original science-backed brand providing fashionable Australian-made blue light management and red light therapy products, as seen in Vogue, GQ and L. Jess, I have a quick science lesson for you. The sun is the most natural source of blue light, and rather cleverly, our brains use the light from the sun to regulate our body clocks. When the sun starts to set, this signals to our brains to start producing melatonin, which prepares us for sleep. However, with more and more artificial blue light products in our everyday lives, this quite understandably confuses the F out of our brains. Enter Bond Charge. They have a range of products which filter down harmful artificial blue light, which come from sources like our phones, laptops, tablets, TVs, and even LED light bulbs. In fact, Harvard University found that too much exposure to blue light not only disrupts our sleep, but can increase our risk of multiple health issues. As some of you may know, our favourite product of Bond Charge is the blue light blocking clip light, which is the most perfect reading light, particularly before bed. Its red light is not only cosy and easy on the eye, but it's been proven to stimulate melatonin production, which improves sleep. Hurrah! It perfectly clips to your book, it's rechargeable and the light is easy to manoeuvre. It's been a real game changer. It's a perfect size and super lightweight, which means you can have it on you wherever you go, whether you're traveling, using to read before bed, or even just need to get up in the middle of the night and don't want to turn on an overhead light. Their website is great and breaks down all of the science behind their products, so head to www.bonnecharge.com and use code BOOKRECOS15 for 15% off all their products. So it's time to recap what we've read and what we've been up to. And we are joined in today's episode by a beautiful cheese and wine hamper from Mouse and Grape. So if you like the sound of it, then please head over to the show notes for a link to their website afterwards. We are together recording this episode. Yay, these are always my faves. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, you're right, they are less <laughs> All right. I don't know why I asked you. <laughs> Sounded quite surprised. Um, yeah, we are at a gorgeous little Airbnb and the cost was £82 for one night, which I think is a bug. Or is that just is... because we're Londoners and we think everything... For what it is, it's a bug. It's stunning. Fully like, equipped it's kitchen, absolutely double gorgeous. bed, an extra single bed... A little seating area, really gorgeous bathroom, cute little courtyard. Yeah, with a fire pit and like, like outside fairy it, lights. She could charge more. Let's not tell her that, but she could charge more. Yeah, she's probably, hopefully going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also it's like, it's got a treehouse vibe because of the mm-hmm. little ladder. Yeah. And um, we should probably give everyone a little like warning about this episode because we're not alone. <laughs> We've got wine. That's why these are my favourite episodes. Because whenever we do these in person, we usually have wine. Unless we're recording in the morning. That is true. Um, But anyway, do you want to talk about where this wine is from? Oh yeah, so that's also fun, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the lovely Jess. Another Jess. Another Jess. 
sent us a gifted hamper from her business called Mouse and Grape. And they do this mo- the most beautiful hampers, which I think would just be perfect for Christmas gifts. And they come with so many cheeses. Fucking hell. We have got a lot of cheese on our hands We're over-cheesed. <laughs> We're... And two bottles of wine, so one red, one white, and so I love a red. A each, it would seem. It, would, <laughs> it does appear that way. I'm on the red, Jess on the white. Um, so we've not had to compromise. No, no, no sharing here. Some lovely crackers. Yep, chutney, little pot of honey. Very cute. And I'm just looking through it now. It comes with a little booklet. Mm. That tells you how to cut cheese, how to store cheese, what temperature you should serve your different types of wines and the glasses, because I'm very much a chuck it in the biggest glass possible. Yeah, me too. And there is a wine aroma and flavour wheel. I'm going to test you like I want to test you, but I I just drink wine. All right, okay. I'm going to take a big sniff. Okay. A little swirl. I don't actually know the answer, so you can say anything. She's going to tell me the aroma and flavour of her wine. I'm getting grape. (laughs) As in mouse and grape. (laughs) I'm getting maybe some berries. Berries. That feels like a safe bet with a red. Yeah. Lots of berries at play. I'm getting sandalwood. In a wine. That's a candle flavour. Check if it's on the grid. I can see sandalwood. <gasps> oh, you were cheating. <laughs> okay. Well, I, maybe I will. I, maybe yours is, is better. I'll I give feel it a like sniff. it's better for white wine. Not what better, but like, I think it's easier. Okay. Right. I'm smelling what? it. Why don't I give you a category? But we don't know if this actually fits that category. Yeah, I don't think there are many. Um, well, I'm not going to give you the like sulfur dioxide because I don't know who the fuck knows what that is. But what does it fall into? Does it fall into citrus, tree fruits, or tropical fruits? Got strong tree fruit vibes. Right. <laughs> then what? What tree fruit vibes can you. Grape. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, honestly, Lauren, I'm like half a bottle down. It just tastes of wine. Look, you Wine can get, if it's a tree fruit vibe, then you're probably getting like pear, apple, green apple and peach. Okay, one more sip. Or peach. Probably not all of the above. <laughs> Tropicana. <gasps> it's got all your vitamins in there. It's, got, it's your five a day, Jess. It's my five a day. Pear. Let's go with pear. It's pear. Brilliant. <laughs> um, well, that was fun. It was fun. And actually, like, we could have probably properly done that and made a little night out of it. Yeah, and it has um, a little booklet at the back so that oh, you can... cheese board styling tips. How cute. Oh, that's fun. On their social media. So you can follow them at, at Mouse and Grape. And then it's like, there's notes section at the back. So you can write the name, the wine, the aroma, the appearance, the taste and the finish. Yeah. So and the can... hamper comes with a little pencil for that. Cute. And same with, like, you can pair your cheese and your wines together so this would actually be a really fun like little girls night in so fun because you can like it's got different categories so you can make up your own pairings and then rate what you all paired and score them from like one is low and five is high um and also to say that the founder jess of mouse and grape she is a smellier Sommelier. What episode was it where you were struggling <laughs> to say that? Oh my god, I think it was like the one we tr- did in January when we were also at an Airbnb. 
Yeah, you're right. She still hasn't um, learned three tricks She's later. a sommelier and she's a cheesemonger. So you literally couldn't be in safer hands for knowing that you're going to get a solid wine and cheese pairing. Yeah. She she knows her shit. So um, yeah, we're, so we're big fun. fans. Big fans. Cheers. And okay, yeah. Oh, God, that was a good... These are good clinky glasses. Yeah, That's okay. another pro of this Airbnb. Some ASMR for you there. Into your ears. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, we'll put um, the link in the show notes, as Lauren said. So if you're thinking of getting that for anyone who's for a Christmas present, or maybe like someone's moved house, like I feel like that's quite a nice housewarming present. Or oh yeah, Valentine's really good. if you're listening to this in Feb, like yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's super special. Um, and on the topic of Christmas gifts, maybe just maybe we should talk about what would make the perfect gift for a bookworm this Christmas. Oh, I like your you style. You I know what I exactly there? what you're doing. Our journals would make the perfect <laughs> gift for a bookworm. Oh my God, my voice came out so squeaky. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't mentioned it on the podcast yet, but Not at, at the beginning of this month, we posted a little teaser because after yeah, on a billion Instagram. trillion years, we finally have our journal. And that is no exaggeration. Okay, it is. That is an exaggeration. Like two years ago. But... Um, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, we were talking about, me and Jess were talking about how we wanted to create a journal that readers could use to like document their reading throughout the year. Kind of like how we do with our Instagram account, but also because <laughs> I know <laughs> that it can be really easy to forget about what book you loved and like what your favourite quotes were and, and why you even liked it. Yeah, what, and what like, it was I just about. know I liked it. Yeah, yeah. And, and what it was about. Yeah, but we also wanted it to feel really high end so that using it was a sort of special experience. So it did take us a while to find the right supplier, but my God, we are so pleased with the finished product. It's hardback and green with rose gold foiling and a pink ribbon bookmark and the inside pages are all pink and green and book recosy. Pink it's edges. Pink edges. It's A5, so Fits if you wanted to take it out, you can put it in your handbag. Um, Honestly, it's just like I know it sounds like we're tooting our own horn, but like it's genuinely worth it. Lauren says to me every day, she was like, I would actually buy this. <laughs> and I'm like, I fucking hope Thank so. God. Um, no, I'm really proud of us. I, it's really nice. And like friends and family that I've shown like the first copies to have all said, it's actually really nice. <laughs> like yeah. that actually is not I know, we actually here, worked really fucking hard on this. <laughs> um, and it's an affordable price point as well. And it starts with like lots of fun little challenges to hopefully help everyone not only to read more books, but read some books of genres that you might not have read otherwise. Um, for example, there's like book bingo at the start of the book and you have to try and read a book that fits each category. So I that's love fun. that one. And that was fun for us to create to as create, well. Yeah. Um, but there's lots, lots of others too. And also, of course, there's loads of review pages. But we made sure that this was an undated journal so you can start at any point of year. Like mm-hmm. we don't want people to think, oh, I'm, well, I missed January. Like it just doesn't, yeah. there's no dates on it. There's a month page, but you write what month you're on. Um, and we've allowed for 12 books a month but like if you only read like one or two books a month it's totally fine you could just do like turn it into years like yeah, you can use turn... this however you want yeah it could be a one-year journal it could be a five-year journal it's totally up to you there's yeah. like no mandate and I know we're wanging on about it a lot um but we received quite a lot of dms 
over the years, mm-hmm. haven't we, since we started this account, of people asking us to wreck a reading journal. And hand on heart, we looked really hard to find one that we would genuinely recommend. And that is why we created it, because we kept looking for one and just couldn't find one that was actually good. Like, yeah. no offence, but we couldn't find one that was good enough that we, we would recommend. So we were like, fuck it, should we just create one? Should Let's we just make, make our, one our own, own? reco? And that's what we've been doing on these little reading retreats that we've been going on to these Airbnbs throughout the year, isn't it? Yeah, they've been sort of reading retreats, but also like... Working. Yeah. <laughs> Business trips. <laughs> yeah, they have. We um so yeah at the point of recording this because we are doing it slightly earlier than the episode will go out they might be on sale on our website it's honestly so so, so pending like we just had a meeting we with our amazing all. web designer alex um and it's like so so close so maybe by the time this goes out they'll be yeah. on sale so um head to bookrecos.com um but um, also just keep checking bookrecos.com yeah. <laughs> You're, I mean, you'll hear about it on yeah, our Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Also, if you're subscribed to our newsletter, we're you telling everyone on there first. earlier before we put it on our Instagram. Yeah. And they are limited. The first batch is limited. So get them whilst they're hot. Nice <laughs> one. I really always wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been chatting for 10 minutes now. Whoops. Um, on this book podcast, shall we talk about some books? Alrighty. Um, let's do it. What's up first? Well, I feel like we should start with um, the book that we read at the beginning of the month, which was On Rotation by Charlene Bobby. Um, you want to drop that sun up, Lauren? Yeah, because we um, buddy read this one. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Ghanaian American Angela has checked off all the boxes for the perfect immigrant daughter. Enroll in an elite medical school. Snag a suitable lawyer, doctor, engineer, boyfriend, and surround herself with a gaggle of of successful and or loyal friends. But when her boyfriend dumps her, her best friend pulls away and she bombs the most important exam of her medical career. Angie finds herself in the middle of a quarter-life crisis of epic proportions. To make matters worse, her parents are suddenly a lot less proud of their daughter now that she's not following through with the path that they chose for her. And just when things couldn't get any more complicated, enter Ricky, brilliant, thoughtful, sexy, and most importantly, seems to see Angie for who she is, rather than what she can represent. Unfortunately, he's got Wasteman practically tattooed across his forehead, and Angie's done chasing uh, mirages of men, or so she thinks. For someone who's always been in control, Angie realises that there's one thing she can't plan on, matters of her heart. I actually... That synopsis does say what the book is about, but also I would have written it differently. Really? What would you you have I don't know what I would have said on the spot, but I think it, like, went into... I don't think Ricky's a waste man, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And also, I haven't said... Well, I was never the sort of person who said waste man, but I haven't heard the phrase waste man since no, I was like No, I know. That was all the rage at school. Um, but anyway, this book was described as Seven Days in June meets Grey's Anatomy. You know we love Seven Days in June and spoke about that in our Books of Summer 2021 episode. And you know Lauren loves Grey's, so obviously we were going to read this book. Yeah. And it is pretty readable, mm. would you say? Yeah. yeah, read it in a day. Of course you did. I actually um, read it in, because I was kind of, I, I don't know, I had the ho- the home to myself for like, I think like four hours. And I was like, 
I'm fucking finished in this book Crack while on. I'm alone. So I know I read it in four hours. Nice. Okay. Um, I actually read it in a day as well. I've just remembered. Look at you go! I was so tired one weekend and I literally just sat in bed all Saturday, read it from start to finish. Fuck, that's a dreamy day. Um, it was, yeah. And the author, um, Sherlina Bobby, is a Ghanaian American woman. And she sounds like a jack of all trades really she's not only an author but she's a physician and a cartoonist so i kind of get the impression that this book really is an homage to all of her passions one hundo because what i really wanted to talk about was the little notes at the bottom of each page so if you've read um this is going to hurt by adam k you know that he'll have asterisks at the bottom of the page that explain the medical jargon And she has that in this book, and it's for medical jargon. It's for Ghanaian culture. It's also for like anime, which kind yeah. of leads into that cartoon bit. But also like sly remarks as well. Well, it's also I've actually like folded oh, a page on. of one that made me laugh because it kind of makes it seem like the whole story is like told from her perspective. But these little remarks make it seem like this is some sort of diary that like she's letting yes, us read. You're so right. And so she'll like poke fun at herself because she's like, oh my god, the reader might think I'm so embarrassing otherwise. So this one says, um, it's a little asterisk. So like I said, a lot of them are really informative. And then this one is, it's not like I asked permission to kiss him after all. And he did tell me that he wasn't wasn't into me like that. Ha, I hate myself. <laughs> And it's like, how can you go from teaching us about these things we might not know about to then just like hang hat, I hate myself. <laughs> so I really like those. That's so funny. And like, yeah, some of them are like, she'll use a phrase or something that like we as white women might not know because yeah. it's about like Ghanaian culture. So then it's like so helpful to be able to put it into context, but it's not weird that the characters are explaining it to each other. Yeah. Um, I will admit that I didn't read all of them. Sometimes I just oh, got a bit like bored. a dream scene. Yeah, I was just. Like, I did I read need, all of them. It's extra information I don't need to know. Um, but I read some of them. I read most of the short ones. Um, but now I'm kind of now you've explained them like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I actually should have read them. Yeah. Oh. Um, and speaking of like how she describes like information on sorry that's just me helping myself to crisps <laughs> I thought I was going to do it quietly so I'm just going to take a big handful while I'm alright okay. you be I have careful with that chewy too okay um, <laughs> just, just don't Go worry on. don't worry it's not like we're recording a podcast don't worry about <laughs> it um, so yeah like Jess said she uh, I can't concentrate with you cracking those crisps I'm sucking them so they're not crunching okay um, she uses this book really to share like insight into Ghanaian culture as well and it's a really important book about like for me anyways educating a white girl like me on Ghanaian culture and race and her experience of living as a black woman in America so for example Angie is training to be a doctor or physician or surgeon she's not sure and as part of her exams, she has to write a paper on a topic that's of like medical shit, you know? And she wants to write a paper on black patient perspectives on physician-patient communication. That was a mouthful. Um, so part of the mo- novel is kind of like her first-hand experience of how black patients are more likely to get misdiagnosed or not get diagnosed at all for serious illnesses. And 
sort of like Shirlene kind of explores like the medical roles in racial hierarchies. Yeah, yeah. Like there is um, so obviously an like urgent need for that issue to be addressed. And Angie is like consistently advised yeah. by her teachers to not pigeonhole herself so early in her career as a like black health disparities researcher as though like that would taint her. Yeah. Which and also her advisor is black or one of them. I sort of yeah, lost track yeah. of her who like mentor is black yeah. and her mentor is like don't pigeon yourself yeah. like that. You're like it's a like you say like that's a bad thing mm. when it shouldn't be when it's such a like a problem in America not just in that hospital. Um and I know we have a few more books to chat about in this episode but I do just want to read one quote that really struck me with this book um because you know I do like a talk uh, yeah like and I'm not done talking about this book okay I've cool got a little um okay what's the word gripe oh, oh okay <laughs> cool so this was the quote and it's sort of like her internal monologue about whether or not Ricky was interested in her and she says even if he was, it wouldn't last. Girls like me, well, we were exciting in theory, interesting as a concept, bright and shiny when we were new and our outspokenness was refreshing and our exotic was exhilarating. Eventually, when reality settled in and they realised that actually they did want the women's society told them they should want, thinner than me, paler than me and less educated and more in awe of them than I could ever be. And I think really like that is the crux of the message that sh- that Shirlene Abobi is trying to communicate in this book as well. It's like the fetishization of black women. I just think Angie choose happiness. She really yeah. started to fucking grate on me. She was choosing to be annoyed about things at or- the end. She just wasn't, she, was, she wasn't choosing happiness. And I just, like, our page is all about positive, like, we don't really share negative reviews of things. I yeah, realise yeah. I am now being negative about Angie. But this is, but this is a personal gripe. Me the and Angie just don't great, get on anymore. But we had a bit of a falling out with Angie at some point in the book. It was just like, there was one bit where, like, he, she arrives, she has dressed up for this date. She, like, talks about how she's done that. And she's, like, she's even got full season. Like, she is ready to, like, have a great, romantic date with him yeah and when she arrives he's talking to another woman but it turns out to be like some family friend or whatever and then she just like decides to be annoyed at him and it's like no hear him out and then like they'll be having an argument and she will not listen to what he's saying mm. and i was like angie choose happiness yeah stop choosing unhappiness <laughs> and i was like angie come on help <laughs> yourself out so i did really enjoy it but there were times where i was like literally screaming at angie yeah yeah, I I hear you. I hear mm. you. Mm. But I think because she's probably got that thought in the back of her mind, like, he doesn't actually want me. Anyways, a psychologist would have a field day with this book. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, But it was so good. I'm really glad I read it. It was like a really lovely... <coughs> Don't mind me. Just choked on a bit of Dorito that was at the back of my throat. Um... Yeah, it was just a really fun book. It was it? fun, yeah. A nice, easy yeah. read, but also with loads of important messages in it, which is our favourite type of book, actually. We always say that. Yeah, it's yeah, nice we do. When, it's nice when they can do both. Uh-huh. Um, Jess, I'm going to ask you to hit us with the next record, just so you don't start munching away on Doritos again. When it's your turn to talk about <laughs> a book, I'm absolutely buzzing, because I haven't finished my pile of crisps. 
Um, okay, I'm really, really, really excited to talk about this book. Um, it is I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Oh, controversial mm-hmm, title. Mm-hmm. This book is everywhere. Like, a lot of bookshops... So I, I guess people weren't pre-ordering it, but they knew they wanted to read it. And as a result, loads okay. of bookshops didn't order in enough copies. Yeah, I keep seeing people... There's been a big wait on Waterstones, yeah, hasn't there? Yeah, um, But if you used to watch Nickelodeon as a kid and actually you didn't really watch Nickelodeon or Disney Channel did you? I watched Disney Channel but not Nickelodeon. Did you? I didn't realise I we have never in our friendship talked about Hannah Montana, Sweet Life of yeah, Zack and Cody, Wizards of Waverly really Place. About that. So you didn't watch it? <laughs> I watched it like when I was a kid but not when I was like a tween. Oh see I didn't watch it as a kid and then I watched it as a tween. Interesting. Mm. So okay. you were all about that Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse vibe. Yes. M I C K E Y M O U S A. But anyway, I was more in the teen vibes. And if you've watched um, iCarly on Nickelodeon, then you will know that Jeanette McCurdy is Sam Bucket from that. And I hadn't really thought about her since the show. And then I saw that she had a book called I'm Glad My Mum Died and was like, okay, well, I need to find out why. And Yeah, like, is it is it. Yeah, tell us about that title. Tell us about that What's title. What's going on with that so title? So it's really true. It's kind of like in our um, audiobooks episode that we did ages ago now, I talked about Unfollow by Megan Phelps Roper. And it's kind mm-hmm. of about her, like, she loves her family, but she had to leave them. And this is the same, like, so much of the book is talking about how she loves her mum and just wants to please her mum. But obviously, upon reflection, and uh, spoiler alert, her mum dies, it's in the title. It's... She, it's like now she's come to terms with like what her mum was doing to her is not okay. Mm-hmm. But still, the, I really felt like she loved her mum for so much of the book. So it's really interesting. But basically, her mum, when she was like six, was like, you're going to do acting. And would, she was homeschooled. She grew up Mormon and would like Shit. take her to auditions. One audition, she didn't get the part because she didn't know how to jump on a pogo stick. So her mum made her learn to jump on a pogo stick. And now she can do a thousand jumps on a pogo stick. And like her mum would force her to do a lot of training and things and like cry on demand. And there's a whole bit about how like kids can cry on demand are really great. And how like to do that, she would have to think of really sad scenarios. And then like when that scenario stopped being sad, even though it'd be like her imagining her brother dying, she'd become desensitized to it and have to move on to like, another brother dying or something and uh, then yeah. when she got to That's dark when she got to about 11 she started to get boobs and was like oh my god i know my mum doesn't want me to age like mum what do i do and her mum is like well what we can do is um calorie control and so trigger warning right here oh, for gosh. anyone with an eating disorder or recovering from it this is not a book for you it's she talks a lot about having anorexia and then having bulimia and a lot about purging and restricting calories and things. And so that is all from her mum. But at the time she was like, I'm just trying to please my mum. And because she was homeschooled. Well, you're 11. Like you don't really understand. She didn't know the word. She didn't know the word anorexia because of being homeschooled and things. She overheard the doctor saying it to her mum and was like, what the hell is that? But mum, mum just wants what's best for me. And so like she, she then is like on iCarly and she also talks about the spin-off show Sam and Cat. So she talks about her relationship with Ariana Grande, which has got some tea to be spilt. <laughs> uh, what's really nice is her relationship with Miranda Cosgrove, who plays Carly. That was really sweet to hear about. Um, she didn't mention Gibby, which I'm quite upset about. The people that have watched iCarly will know what I hope Gibby is. And 
I actually listened to the audiobook because I got impatient for my book to arrive and it's narrated by her. It's really, really good. Loads ah, of okay. really triggering for a lot of reasons. So like make sure you're aware of those, but so fascinating to learn about Hollywood and the darker side of fame and being a child actor mm. and it was great. It was really, really was good. It? Yeah, it's worth all the hype that it's getting. It's up there with one of my top memoirs now. Wowza. Yeah. For anybody who, like me, mm. like I would have no interest in reading that because I didn't watch iCarly. I don't know But who this she is. Was. But that's what I mean. Would it still be a good read? Do you remember when I read Crying in H Mart, even though I didn't know it, yeah, who the woman yeah. was? It's that. You okay. could get a lot out of this learning about the industry. Yeah the tricky mother-daughter relationship, yeah. breaking into acting, all of these reasons without knowing who she is. Cool. And it's a fun cover as well. It is a fun cover. It's her smiling with a pink urn. It's like all so tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> yeah, me saying fun. <laughs> Maybe not the best descriptive word that I could have come up with there. Yeah. It's eye-drawing. Yeah. All right, next book for you. Lauren, take it away. Um, so I want to chat short about the Pandora's Books choice for September, which was Nightcrawling by Layla Motley. Um, Jess, I'm going to plan on reading a big spiel from this book. So do you want to drop the snob? Sure, I'll contribute because I haven't read the book yet. Okay, So cool. this could be my contribution. Crack on. <clears throat> Are we pronouncing this Kiara or Kira? Kiara. Oh, okay. Like Kiara and Kova in Because she told too. us in the book that her name had three syllables. Oh! That makes it really helpful, Kiara. Okay, cool. Kiara and her brother Marcus are scraping by in an East Oakland apartment complex optimistically called the Regal High. Both have dropped out of high school, their family fractured by death and prison. But while Marcus clings to his dream of rap stardom, Kiara hunts for work to pay their rent, which has more than doubled, and to keep the nine-year-old boy next door abandoned by his mother safe and fed. One night, what begins as a drunken misunderstanding with a stranger turns into the job Kiara never imagined wanting, but now desperately needs, night crawling. Her world breaks open even further when her name surfaces in an investigation that exposes her as a key witness in a massive scandal with the Oakland Police Department. Lauren, I watched a film called Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah. And his job as Nightcrawler yeah. was... He like bought his own video camera and he bought his own like police microphone radio oh, whatever right. yeah. and would listen to when an accident would happen. He would get there first, film the really graphic footage and sell Jesus. it to the news channels. It's a really weird film. Is that what her type no. of nightcrawler is? No, she's a prostitute. Different type of nightcrawler. <laughs> Didn't get that memo. Did no, you? okay. Thank um, you for clearing that up because I because I haven't read it yet. And then I was reading that synop out and I was like, this. I don't know, know if she. Going on I don't here. know if she works for the news. <laughs> um, but anyway, this was Oprah's book club, wasn't it? Yeah, as it well was. as Pandora's Interessante. Very. Um, and the author is a poet who grew up in Oakland, where the book's set. So you get the impression that a lot of this book is her first-hand experience of growing up in the neighbourhood. Um, and it's very like poetic in the way that it's written as well. And I'm actually just gonna, like, I'm not gonna delve too much into my own opinion from this book because everything I want to say is said in the author's note. Oh, great. So like, if she can just say it bang on, there is no need for me to contribute here. And I think this is this the is 
lazy podcasting at its finest <laughs> at its finest but also at its best because yeah. this is the key information that you need to uh-huh. know uh-huh. so um just bear with me um welcome to my ted talk and here we go in 2015 so this is the author's note thank you in 2015, when I was a young teenager in Auckland, a story broke describing how members of the Auckland Police Department and several other police departments in the Bay Area had participated in the sexual exploitation of a young woman and attempted to cover it up. This case developed over months and years, and even as the news cycle moved on, I continued to wonder about this event and about the girl and about the other girls who did not receive the headlines, but nonetheless experienced the cruelty of what policing can do to a person's body, mind and spirit. For this one case that entered the media, there were dozens of other cases of sex workers and young women whose experience of violence at the hands of police do not have their stories told, do not see court and do not escape these situations at all. Yet these cases we know about are few. When I began writing Nightcrawling, I was 17 and contemplating what it meant to be vulnerable, unprotected and unseen. Like many black girls, I was often told growing up to tend to and shield my brother, my dad, the black men around me. The safety shield my brother, their safety, their bodies, their dreams. In this, I learned that my own safety, body and dreams were secondary, that there was no one and nothing that could or would protect me. Kiara is an entirely fictional character, but what happens to her is a reflection of these types of violence that black and brown women face regularly. A 2010 study found that police sexual violence is the second most reported instance of police misconduct and disproportionately impacts women of colour. As I wrote and researched this book, I drew inspiration from the Oakland case and others like it, and I wanted to write a story of my city, but I also wanted to explore what it would mean for this to happen to a young black woman, for this case to be put in the narrative control of a survivor, for there to be a world head world beyond the headline and for readers to have access to this world the stories of black women and queer and trans folks are not often reported in the narratives of violence we see protested written about and amplified in most movements but that does not erase their existence i wanted to write a story that would reflect the fear and danger that comes with black womanhood and the adultification of black girls whilst also recognizing that kira like so many of us who find ourselves in circumstances that feel impossible to survive is still capable of joy and love. Wow. Yeah. I, Do you see what I mean now? Yeah, I really... As we know, this is a Pandora's Books choice and part of that subscription is an interview with the author. Mm. We really need to watch that. That would be great. Or we could watch it tonight. Mm. Great. Good shout. That is the what's so good about this subscription, those interviews. I love them. And again, it wouldn't have been a book that I would have picked up. Mm. I have seen it a little bit, but I think it would have passed me by. And I'm really glad I read it. I will be honest, it's a slow start and it felt quite repetitive in part. But the last 100 pages were like, it really ramps up. It got so interesting and I couldn't put it down for the last, for that. So that alone made it worth reading. And I'm glad I read it. And the author's note, I think, like, that's really powerful. Was that at the beginning or the end? The end. And I wish it was at the beginning because actually I would have been more intrigued. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, it sounds like September has been good. September's been really good. And you know what? Bake Off's back. Bake Off is back. Who's your winner? 
Oh, um, I don't know any of their names yet. Um, I don't. The Polish guy? He's super cute. I actually died for a full five minutes when he called his family and said he was Star Caker in Bake Week. I actually couldn't <laughs> breathe for the longest time. Star Caker in Bake Week. Yeah. I think I mentioned this in our um, Great British Book Off episode last year. Yeah. That me and my partner will wait. They'll do the first signature challenge and then we have to call our horse that we're backing and who we think is going to win. Right. And who's your horse? And I chose... I can't remember. Her, I don't know any of their names. But I chose the gal that then won the technical in the next... Oh, I love her She's as well. so sweet. I chose her and then she won the technical and I was like... Nailed it. Excellent. She's oh, she's brilliant. Yeah. And then um, he chose the gym guy. The gym... Oh, the dad. Well, no, Noel said to him, are you a gym guy? So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. calling him gym guy until yeah. I learn all their names. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good i have a feeling it's gonna be a really good season when, has, when isn't it a good season should we do another great british book off episode for the pod you tell us listeners should i do a poll on stories yeah good one okay poll on stories to was it good you. did you enjoy it or should we sack it off yeah is it a one are we time? hanging is on? it a one-time wonder yeah um do you know what else is fucking back and i'm absolutely buzzing about what frozen planet is it? Frozen Planet 2 on Sunday <gasps> nights. We've missed it. Oh. <laughs> but oh my God, the first episode. I mean, they're always all so great. But it was so good. The killer whales and their sneaky way of like catching seals. So good. We had polar bears. Sneaky we had so many one. seals actually. Um, and then there was this like weird cat in... Um, I can't remember if that was when we were over in Nepal or not. We, I was there. Um, and actually, do you know what? Right, it brought up a very interesting question for me that I'm going to ask you, and Go maybe on. maybe this can also be a poll on stories. Okay. So this cat is trying to catch its prey. Classic David Attenborough <laughs> documentary. And its prey is gerbils. Stop. And I was like... That's not worth it. No, no. My point is, gerbils are a pet. Like, and hamsters are a pet. Are they in the wild? Are they wild hamsters? Are they wild guinea pigs? Is that a thing? Or were they just, like, produced to be pets? Jessica, that's a very Do you know interesting what I mean? question. So, but that clearly gerbils are wild. We know that now from this cat. Um, yeah, fine. But okay. what about hamsters? Is there is there a wild hamster? Mental. So I'm either going to ask David Attenborough or the podcast listeners. Well, he went <laughs> off. Yeah, he went off Instagram. He came on it and then he went off. So I think I, listeners. Look, I used to have a direct line to him in my old job. And so I'm going to find that number and I'm going to be like, Oh, hamsters wild. <laughs> Are they wild? <laughs> you keep me posted. I, oh, oh, I will. But anyway, aside from that, it's so good. Oh, I'm I can't so wait. I'm so happy it's back. Do you know what? It's the best hangover viewing mm. ever. And because Sometimes, it's at eight, not nine, it's yeah. achievable. If it was at nine, you'd be like, it's Ooh, bedtime. It's way too late. Yeah. Um, but also, if I'm hungover and there's nothing to watch on telly in the middle of the day then I watch old episodes because mm. it's just wholesome and it doesn't matter there are no spoilers it's just nature it's just animals killing animals and there is something so wholesome and therapeutic about that there is and do you know what someone at work was saying to me she was like oh I felt really bad because I sided with the whatever animal it was and I was like look you side with the animal you meet first so if you meet a hungry lion yeah and it's just so hungry you're gonna want it to get that gazelle True. but if you meet the gazelle who's just skipping about having a lovely time and then the mean old lion comes your team gazelle that is so true whoever that is you the meet first crux of 
the, the whole series. Yeah. Whoever you meet first, I'd that's never who thought about for. it like that. I just thought of it, you know what? It's a dog eat dog world out there. It's the Lion King. And I always think back to the song in The Lion King. Where Circle of Life? Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> the ma- I'd say that is the main song in Lion that King. That is the crux The way of you Lion said it King. was like, you know, this lesser known song. <laughs> I don't even know about it. But... Thank you so much for listening. If you liked today's episode, then like, subscribe, leave a rating and review. It costs you nothing. It genuinely means the world for us. And you could share our podcast with your reading buddy too in case that they like it. And if you don't already, then subscribe to our newsletter at www.bookrecos.com where we'll send you a monthly roundup of all our recos just in case you missed any. See you next week. We'll be here.